Chelsea Poe, and you're listening to The Performer's Pod, a space for performers to talk about our industry in a real way we usually aren't given in the press. Today we're chatting with queer porn femme legend Susie Q. Um, she's basically my porn big sister, and I'm just so glad that I got to talk to her today. Um, if you want to support the pod, you can become a monthly member of my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Chelsea Poe. Um, today we talked to Susie about the early wave of queer porn in the Bay Area, her being my porn big sister in so many ways, her activism, her BDSM work, being a femme, and honestly, just so much more. I really hope you enjoy this really femme conversation about porn. <laughs> honestly one of my favorite people in porn I totally view you as like a big sister in porn because you're like the generation right before mine and like the East Bay queer scene and I feel like you were really able to show how much femmes can do in porn and especially like starting queer porn that you have like stuff like you shot um, for Crash Pad with Poppy Cox that's like a total age play scene or the thing with Coral Aorta for Trouble Films and then you'll like do a total like real BDSM scene and like be on the verge of crying from like crazy pain stuff. And then you'll do like mainstream porn. And I think that's so awesome. And even like when I called you today, you're like, oh, I can give you all this advice on like podcasting and stuff. So welcome. I love you. You're amazing. I love you and you are amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad that you exist and that you are, you know, we're both still out here. <laughs> you know, the dropout yeah. rate is is high in our, you know, I love that you've, you've <laughs> like the generational thing. I think that I was like, like a junior, like an upperclassman in like East Bay queer porn when you came yeah. on the scene, like your freshman year, even though we were like all obviously like in our twenties. <laughs> yeah. But that's a hundred percent how it was. I was like, okay, there was like the real older people, like Jizz and Courtney and Shine who right. made like the first stuff. And then I felt like it was you and a few other people who were like still working at like the Lusty Lady, right? You work there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was still working at the late great unionized worker owned peep show in San Francisco, the Lusty, the Lusty Lady. When I started my adult film career, I was like, oh, because there were certain dancers. Uh, that's where I met Arabelle and like mm-hmm. um, some dance, of course, Cinnamon, who I was dating at the time, like yeah. uh, they, he had shot for Crash Pad. That's actually like before Cinnamon and I were ever like friends or a thing or mm-hmm. he hired me as a as a lusty lady, I was definitely like lurking the crash pad website as a civilian being like, look at these hot queers having <laughs> such a good time. That's a hundred percent the same room for me. I was like, I hella watch crash pad series scenes before I was yeah. even on it. I was like, these are amazing. I'm yep. like, I see people that look like me having sex like I'm having. Mm-hmm. So totally. you're, are you from the Bay Area originally? 
kind of. I grew up on the central coast, <clears throat> like okay. two hours south of the bay. Mm -hmm. And my aunt always lived in North Beach, just a couple blocks mm. from the lusty lady. So as a little kid, and um, my, my grandmother had a lot of health problems at the time. My aunt always worked in the UC San Francisco medical system. So I would go, if she had like a month of doctor's appointments, I would just go with her as a child. And so I mm -hmm. grew up in that city specifically in North Beach, where I would years later begin my career as Suzy Q. <clears throat> so San Francisco always feels like my hometown um, because I was, you know, the first city that I went to as like a teenager at 18 when I finally got access to the car. I drove to hate Ashbury and got my nose pierced, you know. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah, so yes I've always, no. yeah, I've always kind of viewed you as a regional like Bay Area local ever since I kind of moved here. And I definitely get that vibe. I definitely feel like you're like the hometown porn star here. Oh, thank that's you. definitely that how I feel. Feels that way. Yeah, I, I went back recently, just very briefly, like my first visit, like real visit since COVID. And um, oh man, yeah, that city's just in my blood. I love it so it, much. It feels so different now. It just feels so empty, to be honest. Um, yeah, I live in the city now and it's just so drastically different. Yeah, um, oh, basically, um, two months before the pandemic started, I moved in okay. with my partner. And then um, this last um, year, I think we moved in February. Um, basically, every techie moved out of the city. So we were able to move into like a luxury apartment for this for less than what we were paying. Oh, so yes. it's very strange that okay. the city feels like 35% capacity, to be honest. It's very different. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and, you know, like, I feel like the city really needed that because mm -hmm. we, we could, you know, when I, when I left, I, uh, you know, was essentially priced out of even the East Bay. Like I had been evicted for that Airbnb, those Airbnb sweeps of uh, the 2010. <laughs> I was Definitely. like, what? I can't just rent out a room in my house to like whoever wants to come over from Europe. What? <laughs> landlord you're mad why would you be mad <laughs> um but she was so I got I got evicted and moved over to the East Bay and like you know there was hardly anybody left in San Francisco from like our community who was yeah you know I, I remember my partner uh, at the time Sam Solo of girlbullies.com such a good Girl website Bully team girl bullies also <laughs> like the taylor swift thing you have of the girl bullies trailer it's so, like one of my favorite things ever and i bring up every time i hear um what's the taylor swift song it is um blank space blank, blank space. space i still like bring that up whenever i hear it to anyone i'll be like so Listen. there's just like porn thing about it and Susie q did it to the music I don't know. The, okay, so we made like a little, you know, femdom, lighthearted girl bully themed music video to the song Blank Space because uh, Taylor Swift is a girl bully, like femdom icon, if anyone's paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> if you're paying attention, you know this. Um, and that thing was up on the website. It's down now. It's like, you know, girl bullies is growing up like all of us, but um, it was up for like five years. And like no one said a thing I know like, right? Taylor Swift's people are not <laughs> slacking like they're not out here just being like oh someone's using Taylor Swift's image like let's th that's probably fine like, that's not them so I feel like they saw it and we're just like we don't need to fight with these people they're on our team <laughs> I have like a very deep conspiracy that Taylor Swift's gay but that's like its own different thing okay there's a corner of TikTok <laughs> that agrees with you and agrees with me and we are not alone and she is and it's fine <laughs> So, my girlfriend hears no. so much about it and she's like she's not i'm like no she is i have photos that 
that Sam it. is the same way. Yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll send him like TikTok evidence. It's just like, you, this is not. <laughs> You're with me though, Chelsea. I'm yeah, 100%. We're, I feel like we're 100% on the same page for so much. Um, New album so, specifically? God. Okay. See, I I feel like a little bit trash because I'm like, I just want her as like a pop star from four years ago that was objectively bad. But right. <laughs> I just want that. And I feel bad about it. But um, so what was going on in like queer porn when you first got into it? Like, man, what a time. <laughs> because I so feel I like remember... you, you're Go like going to be the first person, I think, on this podcast who like, predates like maybe like 2014 and queer porn in the bay so I'm really interested to see oh, here cool. what was going on for sure I mean okay I remember going to I think it was pride weekend the Lexington which was one of um one of the last uh lesbian bars in the city <laughs> oh, Tr- yes, truly really iconic truly iconic um it is not the last lesbians bar in the city though which I had to remind some white cis gay boys that I was standing in line behind at the powerhouse last weekend for Dory <laughs> Allen which was like oh my god this this is still real life like this is a, a thing that we can still do and they were having a site this conversation that I couldn't help but overhear they were like yeah there's no more lesbian bars in, in the city anymore it's so sad lesbians are like dinosaurs they want to smell better <laughs> I'm like like it was and I was like um excuse me Wild Side West is open, has been open, will be open forever. It's in Bernal Heights. It's cowboy. And he's like, is there line dancing? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) It would be great, but the dykes there would hate that. That would be really cool. I can totally see that. But But anyway, so I digress. (laughs) I remember being at the Lexington with Cinnamon and maybe Arabelle and the artist formerly known as Jordan Cherry or Noxious, and I'm not sure what they go by mm-hmm. these days. Um, and uh, we were dancing and being just like wild. I was wearing some like ridiculous outfit, you know, like learning. And I had always been a queer femme that like barely dressed for the male gaze, like was just yeah. very out there. You know, I was, I was very of that. Like um, I had a whole era where I wore bugs, like plastic bugs as earrings, you know, you know. That's the so, dog, that's so know. cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. I do. Yes, <laughs> so I was very like of that, but but figuring out that that sort of vibe was marketable in the adult industry, that I could be like a queer porn star, like those words had not been together in my mind before I like mm-hmm. sort of became one and met my community. And I remember just like, feeling that energy at pride at this like lesbian bar we're all dancing and like visibly because like when I went to college in Oregon me and my girlfriend it was a very like you know Eugene is a very queer friendly city and everything but we were among like only visibly like queer out couples like we were the only like queer couple that I saw doing PDA specifically like femme people Mm -hmm. um it it was different right it was different definitely yeah so getting to be just so myself, so unabashedly, like, sexual, you know, it's just like, no, definitely, we, yeah, we fuck for money. And like, the world knows that because it's on the internet forever. Sorry. <laughs> we, we gay fuck for money. <laughs> like, <laughs> once you're gay on the internet, uh, no takesy backsies. Sorry. For real. Yeah. And, and that's true of, you know, porn just in general. So that it was a wild feeling it felt like we were at the beginning of something 
you know, exciting, even though like queers have been making porn ever since people could make things, <laughs> you know, so it was nothing like new, but it felt, it felt new to me. And um, it felt like we were on the verge of something like important and like true and magical and like, and it felt like the babysitters club also. I felt like young and naive and like, we're just, what could stop us? We're young femmes who know how to make our money. <laughs> It's so cool. Lots of blind optimism, but I love that. It was a great. So it was like, so it was like very DIY when you like came into it. Still, it was still like a lot of optimism and being like, we're doing something special here that's done before, but maybe hasn't gotten like porn's attention as much. Right, but there was also this piece of um, of yearning that like. You know, Courtney had uh, and Shine had these websites, but how they had them was a little bit of a mystery, right? Like there was mm. a lot of, you know, how to get a payment processor. There was no, there was no Model Centro. There was no many vids. There was no yeah. fan. So I remember having these like deep conversations with with Sam um, at the time, and like, okay, like clips for sale. Okay, what is okay? Clips for sale takes sixty percent. That seems really steep, and just and then all the canning sites and trying to figure out how we could harness that independence that we had as queer performers and turn that into dollars that were more than just a couple hundred dollars that we would make on a set. Which at the time, like, oh my for god, real. I made several hundred dollars today <laughs> for having queer sex. That felt like I could never be hungry again. <laughs> you know what I mean? It definitely did. Also, Even like we were completely dependent on other people hiring us, but it still felt like unstoppable. Three hundred dollars went way further in San Francisco back then than it does now. I feel like. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. So there was that yearning of like, okay, but how can we? take this to the next level and so when you started doing like East Bay queer, East Bay queer porn and starting to produce I remember that was very exciting you were one of the first you inspired me to be like yeah man just, just do it you know <laughs> what do they say in newsies even if we ain't got hats and badges we're a union just by saying so it's just like yeah we're we're stars we're producers if you do it it's real yeah, I, I came from like a whole DIY like punk thing in the Midwest. So when I came here, I was like, oh, like someone has a camera that's just like make something. I don't care if it like sells. I'm just like, I want to do porn. <laughs> like that's exactly. why I'm here. Yeah, I feel like that like mixtape energy of, of queer porn um, really like still carries over today. It's like I've so as much as I love making movies and like at where I'm at in my life right now in terms of um, producing, like I'm getting lots of opportunities to uh, make stuff for like Pure Taboo and like adult time and these movie so houses. Cool. And even, over, even over pandemic, like, you know, we were self-shooting stuff for Brazzers and they have, mm -hmm. you know, that's very, even though it was DIY, like we were doing it ourselves, very specific specs, very specific aesthetics of like what we're trying to achieve here. And with the Pure Taboo stuff, it's much more like a, a cinematic, like, law and order episode or something. yeah I'm I'm like we, we've been on those kinds of sets together before we, oh, we yes. know that experience <laughs> um, yes, yes. And yeah that's fun but like this my energy like when I'm just like sitting down and figuring out what I want to make it's like very riot girl it's very mixtape it reminds me of when I was like had a crush on a girl and was like okay how do I tell her with these like 10 bands that we both Aww. mutually love <laughs> 
that's the porn that I make, you know, and that's, that's like what I want my fans to feel. It's just so wholesome and great. I love that so much. So what were you doing when you got into porn? So you were like working at the Lusty Lady. Did it just feel like the natural kind of evolution? Or were you also, I know you were like very involved in musical theater and you brought that in obviously like afterwards. Like where did you think you were going to go at that point? Oh man. Well, okay. When I first moved to San Francisco and I wasn't even dancing at the Lusty Lady yet, I was working at Papyrus, a stationery store. Wow. I actually have a weird background in stationery. I don't know. Really, you do? I would have never guessed in a million years. So weird. So weird. Um, But I had to take, and I was living out in Excelsior, like way, way deep mission. Mm -hmm. So I would take the 14, I think, those those buses that went all the way up and down Mission Street and then like up to to North Beach. And I was going through this really rough breakup and I was reading Roots at the time, like just massive, just like Kunta <laughs> and I just fucking feeling it. And, but I would drive by the armory mm-hmm. uh, like every, every day and every night. And it just felt like, like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Like nobody ever goes in, nobody ever comes out, but we know what goes on. And I was watching <laughs> porn and like, I saw that like there was a connection, like some people who performed with crash pad and also worked at the lusty lady ended up you know on kink.com sets Mm -hmm. how could I make like that journey too so I had the and specifically because like I'm like you I'm a weird curve like yeah like you know you're not gonna do that trust me I had my fair share of experiences of like going home with like some cute butch from a pride party and being like okay so this is what I want to do in bed and then being like whoa (laughs) ma'am fucking choke me and they're like I know (laughs) I've been there yes you've been there so I thought to solve that issue, I was like, maybe I should be a bondage model. Maybe I should seek out these experiences that I'm seeing on the internet and have them hopefully safely on a set with other people involved and not just like in some cute queers room in Hayward, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just started, pers- and you know, I, I come from a background in musical theater and, and theater in general. So the idea of like, schmoozing and like auditioning and like meeting the the right person and getting cast like it's very second nature to me Mm -hmm. so I just kind of like went into that you know deal um the upper floor was happening at the time which was like the intersection of the kink community in San Francisco and like um the professional you know kink production houses Um, So I started hanging around in that world. Of course, I was deeply involved in like the leather community and there was a lot of crossover there. So that's what really like fueled my my future. But as soon as I had sex on camera, like even before Crash Pad, this was Mm -hmm. like up in, you know, college, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I was like, oh yeah, I love this. What did you you shoot at college? Oh my God. Um, So this is wild to think about at the time, but very nice couple from New Zealand they were doing some kind of like you know half real estate half adult film hustle which like mad respect wow that's that's great (laughs) yeah so I mean think about it they had these houses that were staged and ready to be sold what do you do in a nice staged house you shoot a porno (laughs) make a porno (laughs) exactly (laughs) 
<laughs> so I started working with them and they had these sort of like truth or dare themed sites. And then they were like, you know, we have this other site that's like sell your sex tape where we give you a camera. Okay. This is like what, 2006 or seven. So like how much did that camera cost? I mean, back then, real money. Real money. Like, yeah. Several thousand dollars. I mean, the cameras were you, and and it was like one of those, like, it was big. It was, Mm -hmm. it was not a, it was not, you know. Not not your small. Not one of these. Handheld, yeah. Not one of these. Your your giant camcorders from the 90s almost. Not quite, almost though. Much closer to like what Mm -hmm. you would see on like an ABC set, you know? Yeah. Um. But they gave it to us and it was like, I mean, even this, my little 4K beater that's like been to Burning Man and back, I would really think twice about giving this to two college lesbians for the For week. sure. And being like, please film your sex and give it back to me. I'm sure <laughs> I signed some kind of contract, but like, <laughs> Yeah, that's not going to hold up. You're like, I, I gave did. this lesbian a camera to shoot sex and now the camera's gone. Like, who are you going to tell that like, to? Welcome to being gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, but they did. This very sweet couple trusted us with their very expensive equipment. We took the camera for seven days and the idea was like, shoot um, for an hour every day, you know, but only like 15 to 20 minutes of that needs to be sex. You know, it's so at the end of the day, at the end, we'll have like basically an hour of sex and then like a bunch of footage of like real college lesbians and like I love that shit girlfriend didn't love it so much that's okay god bless it (laughs) I have that exact same thing in college where I'm like let's shoot porn together my girlfriend's like I don't know I only want a cam to make money and I'm like but it's awesome look at all this awesome porn and there's like I don't know oh you know it's not for everybody it's really definitely not not. I think it's like cilantro. It's like just some people, it just tastes like soap. It's just not ever going to be fun for you. And like, we've all sadly worked with those people. Like I've been, I've met those people. And just like in the same way that not everybody is non-monogamous or polyamorous, like Mm -hmm. some people are straight up just want their one person. And like, that's chill. I'm not trying to tell grandma that like, (laughs) who's grandpa for 50 years, very happily that like, no man, swingers, parties will save your marriage. Like, (laughs) it's not for everybody it's okay I feel like there's so much about that when you're in college and you discover you're like oh my god I want to do porn and most people around you are like what how do you do that and then you just kind of have to take the jump I feel like and move to one of maybe like three or four cities yeah absolutely and now the barrier of entry is so low it's just like you know before the end of the day you could you could be a porn star for real and um and that's exciting, I think, but it's also really scary, you know, um, because of the isolation, because the stigma is so just unforgiving um, that if you like have a wild manic night in your college dorm room and decide to launch an OnlyFans, like, you can't take that back. Yeah, ever. You really can't. I feel like so, that's one of like the most important things to realize with porn. It's like eventually everyone's gonna see it or know about it or something and it's just like can you stand behind what you're putting out and be okay with it and have people understand what you're doing totally yeah don't man don't send your girls to college they'll they'll come out lesbians porn stars like just don't (laughs) but I I remember it's the truth because I I learned about the lusty lady in college I learned Mm -hmm. about Annie Sprinkle 
in college. Um, <laughs> I and I remember coming out to my mom about you know this the stuff this content I had made that was now part of all of our lives forever, and she was so freaked out and hurt at the time and didn't understand. But the conviction that I had, and I just remember like picturing little Annie Sprinkles like face <laughs> in the back of my head, just like, she's not wrong. Like, I know she's not wrong about this, you know, <laughs> about like the, you can, and like the, I'm a third generation feminist, you know, like mm -hmm. my grandmother was a cocktail waitress and a mill worker and like a divorcee in 1966, you know, she was, mm -hmm out here and I, and I watched my mother and my grandmother work really you know really be on the front lines of capitalism just like from office jobs to like I said uh, service work factory work um, my grandmother died at 66 and she taught me about feminism more than more than anybody um, she taught me the word chauvinist pig shout out to <laughs> um, her example Bob Barker from the price is right she's like oh wow those women like objects look at the way he refers to them as his grandma wow. <laughs> wow. but she taught me and my mom taught me that like i can do like bodily autonomy first and foremost is is our feminism that mm -hmm. i can do whatever i want with my body and that includes all the things i've done for kink.com and insects and queer porn tv yeah. and you know that how how could that not include this and I knew my mom knew that too she was just having feelings but logically <laughs> here we are yeah I feel like it's very hard for parents to get that at first when you're like I want to start doing porn it feels like a very big thing especially because I feel like most people don't have that much information about the industry like my mom's reaction was immediately like oh you're gonna start doing meth all these like yeah. really crazy things but I feel like at the time I was also super driven where I'm like, oh no, I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm like, I can reference these three people that I'm like, okay, I know totally. what Sasha Gray is doing. I can send you the Vice article that she's like explaining feminism and shit. Like I felt yep. very driven. Um, yeah, gotta cite so, your sources. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So who like really influenced you? Obviously you brought up Annie Sprinkle, but was it just kind of what was around you? It just kind of organically happened? Yeah. Annie Sprinkle, Carol Queen, huge influence. She wrote Amazing. Real Life of a Girl. Um, I actually, in college, I used that book as like a reference for this performance art thing that I that I created. Um, and, and also her book, uh, The Femme and the Leather Daddy. She was very influential to me, both like porn and sex work wise, but also as like a queer femme and a leather person. Like, you know, there was not really a women's leather scene in like the way that there is now when she was out trying to get her dick wet you know she was yeah dressing up as you know a passing you know nb twink boy and going to these gay fisting parties like that's how she was making it work and so carol everyone queen. yeah everyone needs to know who carol queen is like they're like <laughs> one of the coolest people that they know who i am and like oh, yeah. we've had conversations and been on panels together it's still just like how yeah. like she's really I feel like the OG of like SF, yeah, porn, totally. sexuality. Um, but then also my like my peers, like I was often um, 
the only white dancer on stage in like the 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 late shifts and mm -hmm. that's where I learned the most about the industry honestly is is like cinnamon and chocolate chip and the artist formerly known as Knox or Jordan Cherry um you know that's that is learning um about racism in the industry and how performers of color and trans performers uh you know just are at risk in ways that cis white performers simply are not and mm -hmm you know, figuring out <clears throat> how to address that every moment of every day and move through the world knowing that like in, in my bones, not just being, not like trying to remind myself of that, but like um, those are really formative, <clears throat> formative experiences, I think. Um, so <laughs> between Cinnamon and then uh, Princess Pandora, who is Little Shoes on, on IG, um, that's where a lot of my education came from, <laughs> just, that's you know, so awesome. on the job training. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I feel like it's just when we were both in this like queer porn scene here, I feel like there was so much more of a community Yeah. where now I feel like yeah. content trade in one way has made it easier where you can just work with one performer and shoot a whole movie in a weekend or something like that. Whereas before, I feel like you really had to be part of the community as opposed to yeah. just like kind of being like, okay, I'm going to have a shoot this weekend. I'm going to get together with three performers. It just feels mm -hmm. a lot different now than what it was. Even when it was after Lusty Lady closed, I feel like King Clive almost became that next thing where all the new performers were going there. And it was yep. the same thing where it's like we all hung out together afterwards. You all sh shared the same dressing room. It had a lot of that same... Yeah. camaraderie and community thing and I feel like that's a little bit gone now because I feel like so many people moved out of the bay because people are seeing straight priced out just straight up yeah absolutely and <clears throat> you know it's it's powerful to be able to um leave work as a sex worker a, okay to be on the job in a place where there, you have community and mentorship you, the fact that you could like ask somebody like, oh my God, I started my period and I have to shoot this DP scene. What do I do? And someone could be like, oh, I got you, you know, and help yeah. you out. Like that's huge. And that's not happening for OnlyFans babies working on their own, you know, out in, you know, West Virginia somewhere. Like that's, mm -hmm. um, and then to be able to have that like community and mentorship be done with work and like walk across the street to like the safe space bar that's like also filled with your coworkers and people from your community and then like and then like take the bus home like yeah there's very few cities that really have like sex work almost spill into the identity and sf's definitely one of them i feel like you get a little bit of that in vegas you get a little bit of that in LA and then the only place internationally I really felt it was Amsterdam which is the same yeah. vibe where it's like there's sex workers all around you and it's just like oh yeah we're all doing this it's just part of life here that is something I really want to do I went to Amsterdam um a couple years ago I can't remember I've been there a couple times but I went recently in the past few years and I went and saw a live sex show um and Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> that's, that's the most fun. Like live sex shows are the intersection between my like performance, like musical theater baby and like the porn star in me. And, you know, we, we did a little bit um, of the, like we had a, the come and glitter vibe back in the day. I've definitely seen fun. those. Your scene was very <laughs> intense. I feel very like that's, 
Something I really loved about you because it feels like all of your performances are so authentically coming from a real place that like you are like, I want to do this. This is either humiliating or like pushes me or whatever. Like whether it's like piggy stuff, which was the same with me where I'm like, this is really humiliating. I find it really hot, but like before seeing you do it or like a few other fans, there was just no one doing that stuff. Nobody. Um, and now now like everybody's the fucking pig. I'm just like, yeah, everyone's doing pig pigs. stuff. Everyone's doing cow stuff. It's just part of life. <laughs> yes. um, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I just always love that about you because you've always mm-hmm. done things that aren't, you know, just like down the center for like yeah. what they want porn stars to or like doing like stuff with diapers or just like all that sort of stuff where it's like <laughs> You know, like, yeah, definitely, you know, shame fucks up so much stuff, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. as as long as you're, you know, a consenting adult and you're making, you're doing things that make other people and yourself happy, like, be proud, you know, Mm -hmm. our ancestors suffered too much for us not to be proud (laughs) of our weird lives. For real. Yeah. I feel like you've been a really big influence on me and I think a lot of other queer femme performers because it's really showing you can do all these different things and still, you know, be a queer femme performer and you can do intense fetish stuff. You can do mainstream stuff. And then like, you also like toured around the country with Stormy Daniels helping her out and you can be political. Like, I feel like what a porn performer can do, I feel like you definitely expand it for queer femmes because I didn't feel going into porn I was like okay hopefully I'm gonna get a few shoots for Crash Pad or a couple films or like you know just kind of basic stuff but I feel like you really expanded what you can do both on and off set where you can have a podcast you can try to start a musical and then do that for a little bit like I feel like you've really kind of done everything I feel like that's so cool because in porn you're almost put in this box where it's like okay you're a performer you just perform you don't direct, you don't do anything else. And that's what I think is so cool about what you do. Likewise, my friend, likewise. And yeah, <laughs> it's like when, as a sex worker, like sort of no matter what genre you choose, uh, you are like the CEO, the treasurer, the, the product, the, mm-hmm. you know, the costumer, the set director, like you, you take on all of these roles. And so like to limit, to tell anybody who enters this industry that, oh, you're just this now is, is just, it's flat out wrong because no matter what genre of the sex trade you're working in, um, unless, unless you're being trafficked, which like, let's not do that. Unless, unless yeah, let's not do that. Trafficked. Yeah, exactly. But if you <laughs> if you only have one job, like you might be being trafficked because mm-hmm. like that, this is a multifaceted job. And, and I, I want everyone who's doing, I want everybody to be their own boss. Fuck a boss. The sex industry has been my, um, pathway towards like freedom and entrepreneurship and um, bodily autonomy in in real time because bodily autonomy is like great to talk about and like policy and stuff but anybody who belongs to a corporation and pays your health insurance and has your 401k it's like do you really have bodily autonomy Mm -hmm. can you really just not pick up that phone right now can you really you know make sure your child wakes up from that nap or do you have to be in that meeting um, and so sex work is with my path to that, but it doesn't have to be just sex work anymore. And mm-hmm. I want that for freaking everybody because fuck a boss. <laughs> That's what makes me so hopeful about the industry now because it's just like where AVN was five years ago when I first started going and where it is now. 
everyone before was trying to hustle deals and try and get shoots and all that stuff. Now everyone's just shooting content trade the entire weekend, essentially, and might not even go to the convention once. Like, yeah. it just gives me so much hope <laughs> because it's now the performers who really control their own yeah. money, their destiny, like all of that stuff. If you want to shoot 50 scenes in a year, you can do that on your own, essentially, now. Easy. If you can find people who want to collaborate with you, you can really just do whatever you want. I think that's the mm -hmm. coolest thing. I think you're getting more creativity out of performers. You're getting so much more than just what it was maybe 10 years ago. I agree. It's a... Uh... Yeah, Mark Marks would love queer porn right now. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, Marks yeah. would definitely be on that queer porn train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, body so hot. I'm like that's a, that's <laughs> one of the few things that's giving me um, optimism for the future. Is I'm like it's just going to be more and more of this, hopefully. Absolutely, yes. And the exploitative parties that have had power are just like they're becoming less and less powerful like every freaking day and it's just magical i love it it's yeah <laughs> it's really amazing <laughs> just realizing that um i think the pandemic is definitely do more of it because i feel like these studios are just going to come back weaker and oh yeah oh yeah it just and is what it is are, the studios are the, that are succeeding are are going to succeed are the ones that have like put their faith into these independent creators and then like hey y'all we need you so bad <laughs> like you know really behaving um as if the power structures are what they are and yes <laughs> i also feel like at some point these like really mainstream performers um like angela white or um mm -hmm. riley reed are gonna realize that they can make a lot more money off their own content owning all their own stuff and i yeah. feel like eventually once that changes with like the really extreme mainstream performers mm -hmm. I think well, it's going to shift so much. Was on that tip, you know, like, oh, really? Uh, we, oh, yeah. Like, uh, as far as I know, but we're seeing performers such as Adriana, um, you know, just like, cool, I'm going to produce the exact Barbie princess pinup shoot that I want in my bedroom, invite my best friend over, and like, that's our money. Bye. And that's <laughs> bye, I everybody. I think that's else. how it should be. I want to see like these performers, like, I want to see them at 100% themselves. I want to see what they actually want to do because I'm sure it's going to be really, really cool and a lot of really creative stuff. Oh yeah. Incredible stuff. I love seeing everybody get to be their creative, weird, kinky selves out here. It's fucking fabulous. Um, um, I've been shooting a lot of uh, pegging content with my partner, Michael, and like seeing um, the sort of mainstream, especially male performers. I definitely all these male performers who have been, you know, only boy, girl, straight content. It's just like it was in high school, right? They all come up to me and they're like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, you need to step back. <laughs> but so just another example of like how, you know, the world is opening. The world is opening. It definitely so, is. Yeah. How long has it been since you've been fully on like a normal set has it been like over a year well it's hard to say because I mean when I say like a normal set one that's like not mine <laughs> because yeah. you know I've I've had um I actually had the opportunity to produce some gay porn recently which was that's so, so cool fun. um <laughs> it was definitely like a daddy boy scene so I was very there for it yeah it's um, definitely your vibe Definitely my vibe. Yeah, 100%. Um, 
so but even so like that was for a company I had never worked for before but again it was at my house on my set you know like at, at the mm-hmm. end of the day I um I turned to my partner and I was like I man I love this this role like creating the space you know as a not as a not performer but a producer assistant director I'm like this is just like a like a GSA meeting but with sex at the end you know <laughs> like, I've been doing this my whole life just <laughs> but the getting to um produce for other companies and create space for performers, specifically when they're queer. I did um, a transfixed set recently. Oh, was fun. Like, Great, everybody. Like at the end of the day, I was like, hey, everybody, we had a 23 year old trans girl on set today and she got to have sex exactly how she wanted to. And uh, she wanted That's to be safe. We so all did great. Our job. Because, like, the, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like That's so important. Yeah. yeah, literally the. My last um, interview I did was with Ryder Monroe and we literally talked about how so many of these sets, like these like male dominated sets where it gets so bro and it's like putting trans women in really uncomfortable situations and just yeah. like talking about like feeling anxiety on set or like having a panic attack because some dude said some fucked up shit. Like, yeah. it's just so yeah. important, I think, to have, I mean, I'm a dyke, so I guess I'm like only have women on set, but. I just feel like it's just like a more comfortable atmosphere. And I think as like a director, I just want people to feel comfortable because when people are comfortable, they're going to have better sex and then you're going to have a better performance. And like, I feel like that's kind of always my end goal. Um, Mm -hmm. What's your favorite place or city to shoot in? Because you've obviously um, have a lot of SF roots, but you've obviously shot probably in Vegas, Mm -hmm. LA, Cape Cod. Cape Cod. Honestly, (laughs) I'm going to throw a curveball here. I'm going to say the farm in upstate New York for insects. Um, Oh, that's so cool. I think like Petey and Hazel have have a child now and it's like a like a farm for you know pastoral raising mm-hmm. of families and such but when I went there <laughs> it was and you can watch um I did I think two like five day excursions out to the farm and, and it's like north of Woodstock like you fly to New York and this is definitely not my favorite place to travel to because it's so like grueling to get there and back mm-hmm. but once you're there it's just like I, I called it like BDSM camp because I'm not there with any other performers. It was just me in this creepy farmhouse in upstate New York. And then like going to set every day in a creepy barn full of all this creepy like vintage bondage equipment. You know, like I'm looking at my cuffs, right? And they're leather cuffs. And I'm just like, oh, these are like issued from a vintage mental institution. Cool. Wow. It's so cool though. <laughs> so cool though like for somebody like like, when do you get that opportunity and then also like Petey um you know is is a top I love to work with because he's like a freaky bottom at heart as well he's just like I I want to be in all the things but also I want to make sure that they they work all right and you know like so um and obviously that's not what what sells um but God bless a 75 year old man in bondage though. I'm sure we love it. We love it. There's like a lot of BDSM makers in like that part of like New England, like yes. upstate New York, Massachusetts, like with Bella Vendetta, Wasteland yeah. is up in um, New yep. Hampshire. Um, I think Shush is up there as well. There's a lot. So. There's definitely like, 
you know, the, the very serious, like high protocol, old, old guard leather folks love a pastoral New England remote farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. I got so like, I- yeah, I did like a water bondage scene with Bella Vendetta in like a creek there before. And it was just like something I never assumed that I was going to shoot BDSM in the middle of like New England, but it happened. Um, and I really love the experience there because it is so you're so out of like your usual thing I feel like sometimes with shoots when you can get so out of your like usual five cities you're in you can just Mm -hmm. really focus on the work but at the same time like we've had experiences where we've like been in like the middle of Cape Cod and then like a very disorganized shoot and then I have actually told this story. It was actually for a Carol Queen thing. Um, At the Center of Sex and Culture, it was like, tell us about a weird porn experience. And basically you, myself, um, why am- Aspen Brooks. Aspen Brooks. I I almost combined her names and said Amber. It's not Amber. Yeah, yeah, we all went to Olive Garden and then we all went back to the hotel because all of our shoots got canceled. So the entire like, Past the movie, we just had an orgy at a Holiday Inn in Cape Cod. (laughs) It was just like one of, yeah, one of the funniest experiences. And like, Aspen's like, I've never kissed a girl before. And we're like, oh shit, we need to turn you gay. We we didn't quite succeed. She's still pretty straight, but (laughs) but now now she shoots with girls though. She does. She she was like not. She had not shot girl girl at that point. Yeah, we're the first two girls she kissed. We did that. He did that. That's our baby. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. I'm just like, yeah, Aww. yeah. My roommates yeah. were watching. My roommates were watching something before AVN um this year because we um did like a watch party here with uh, my roommates and their partners and stuff. And before they were like watching a thing, and um, Aspen was like doing an interview. I'm like, oh, I was that girl's first gay kiss. <laughs> I made her gay. <laughs> yeah, I was so proud of that. Um, so. Oh, I'm gonna ask two more questions I don't want to take up your whole day but um because I feel like we could literally go for this for like five hours yep about, <laughs> about very That's... important stuff I feel like I've only had to ask like two questions it's like everything else is completely organic I love it um so what are some things that you want to do in your career that you haven't so far because you've been in this industry for about a decade now right something like that a little bit longer yep so I, I think I'm going to be able to do this this year. If not this year, definitely next year. I want to pr- start producing my own gangbangs. Um, That's so cool. <laughs> and also for other people, like I got into the industry for the, like the elaborate BDSM and elaborate, mm-hmm. you know, just the idea that you would like throw a, a massive sex party, essentially like for one <laughs> or for yeah. one or two or, or, or 10 or however many you're having. Um, I just, I just. I love that. And specifically a gangbang and orgies and stuff when you're coordinating testing and a place, it's like, that's not something I want to experience organically. I want that to be very mm-hmm. meticulously planned, at least one Virgo on the committee, you know, <laughs> that's getting everything together. Um, gangbang, my first gangbang is how I met my partner, Michael. Um, I, I would say the old armory is probably like one of my favorite places to shoot but it doesn't exist anymore but that's where my first gangbang was and it was um when 
uh, Matrice Madeline was directing for the site and it was like trying to rebrand as fantasy gangbangs. And so you had, there was a pretty extensive interview leading up to the process and they wanted to craft the shoot around the model's particular gangbang fantasy. Mm -hmm. Mine was a baseball team. I got railed by a whole baseball team. That's, <laughs> that's like so on brand. <laughs> so I, I did that. a couple more gangbangs. One was for a gay porn site. Um, I was the only cis female that's ever been on this Yeah, site. that's, um, let's give a shout out to Treasure Island. F they're the only uh, SF-based gay porn company left. Oh my God, and I love and them. And you them. shot such a cool scene for them. Thank you. Yeah, and Michael was so also great. in that. So, and it was so actually gay too. <laughs> so gay yeah no so there were at least like two guys in there that were like not that excited about fucking me but they were doing it anyway <laughs> <laughs> even though i'm a girl <laughs> sorry i mean yeah <laughs> I that was it. a really cool project they did though it was you it was. um they had a trans woman for one of the scenes i think she's very hot though but yes it was it was um like i want to say it was like a boy boy girl mm -hmm. With her, and then, and then I think there was one other like unique. Maybe it was just like a, a regular boy boy scene mm -hmm. to just like throw throw it in there. But it was this, you know, it was called Buckholes Three was I think the movie, and it was like all about expanding. But very fun. So but cool. I want to do that. I want to. Um, gangbangs are are hard to coordinate, but I definitely still want to do a gangbang with like all my homies for real, like Robbie Echo, Mickey Mod, Michael Vegas, like all just you know, we're boys. <laughs> and I would love yeah. to do an all, an all gender gangbang. Um, that's on the list as well. Um, oh, gotta get Eva Paradis in there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that would be really fun to have uh, some femme tops and uh, mask tops kind of. Um, but yeah, I would like to start producing gangbangs for myself and for others because they're hard to that's coordinate so cool. and the people deserve. They definitely are. Um... I feel like I definitely relate to what you're saying about like BDSM stuff, especially like elaborate stuff. Yeah. I've just kind of stopped trying in my like everyday life because I feel like it's so hard to find the people who are professional enough to do it. Yeah. And then in porn, you can have it and then not only be able to live it out, you also have like evidence of it and video of it so you can actually sell it and like do something with it. Totally. And I'm like, if I'm like one of my major fears is electricity so i did electricity scene like two i think it was like a year ago maybe two years ago now and i was like crying like profusely in the scene and i'm like i want that on camera i don't want that to be like just lost to time i want that absolutely yeah, yeah that's um one thing that uh is very much about about like michael's sexuality is uh, you know when we first started talking he had just hours and hours of our archival footage of his butthole. I was like, babe, what we, you're just sitting on money. Like we can't, this can't be the way. Like Peg him was really not like popping at that point. And, um, but just, I mean, he, he like didn't care. He was just like, yeah, I have all this great footage of my butthole. Cause like, obviously I can't see what's going on when it's happening. I can't, I don't have that angle. So I have to go look at it again, you know, and like, <laughs> I, I've realized, I mean, obviously I've been in this industry for over 10 years, but yeah, whenever I shoot something that's really hot, I can't wait to go back and see it from the camera angle as opposed mm -hmm. to my eyeball angle, obviously. Yeah. And then you get to live it again and again. <laughs> and it's like, I feel like you get such a different vibe of the scene too. Um, 
I shot an orgy in Amsterdam, I think it was like two years ago. And then I was mm -hmm. editing it just like last month. And I totally forgot about most of the scene until like yeah. watching it back and being like, oh yeah, that happened. Mm -hmm. I have no memory of that, but okay, that's great. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the fun things about performing is that you just get into this zone. And for somebody with a brain like mine, like ADD Gemini brain, it's hard to find activities that actually take my full attention. And performing and producing and directing porn does. So we keep doing it. <laughs> I, I think that's how you know you're doing the right thing. If it's the thing that you like wake up thinking about mm -hmm. and you're like always thinking about on some level. Yep. And I you can go a whole day doing it and then be like, wait, what happened? It's nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, I feel like the whole thing of like not being on normal sets anymore. It's like the biggest thing that's been hard for me in the pandemic because I feel like for me, it's just like, oh, just being able to be creative with like other queer people and just yeah. like making something you're really stoked about. Yeah. So that's well, definitely what I'm- You have to come down. You have to come, now that or, we're vaccinated, life is real, come here. Yeah. Yeah, are you fully <laughs> vaccinated and everything? Fully Basically, vaccinated. same here. Yeah, um, come up here anytime. We're- I will, I will. Yeah, I, was, um, they, I would love to shoot with you again. Likewise, completely. We. <laughs> We only did like one really weird mainstream shoot together, even though we're totally in the same queer porn world. Yeah, no, which we is need the to weirdest thing. thing. Definitely. Mm. Um, we should definitely make a movie together. I don't know why that definitely. hasn't happened yet. Yeah, come <laughs> up here. Um, we actually have very affordable dungeon space here now. So no, I mean, wow, that's huge. That's yeah, actually really um, huge. I've been working with um, Courtney and I started BDSM Collective called These Babe Rats. And basically we figured out a way how to shoot all this stuff ourselves. Everyone edits it um, all together. So it's a complete collective. And I think we only end up paying maybe like a hundred dollars for production each for a whole movie. So that was what we were doing right before the pandemic. The last scene we actually shot was like a four on one scene where I was getting fucked by strap-ons, but blindfolded, it was amazing. <laughs> Oh, wow, that is yeah, ooh, yeah. squiggly. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I love that we shoot like almost the same stuff where we're like, yeah, like five on one, four on one, whatever, something like whatever. That. <laughs> yeah, like I need, I need it to pop the little brain gremlins as long as yeah. I need at least five. You know. <laughs> no, I think yeah. we would have such a good time collaborating. Definitely magical. Um, cool. So I have one more question, also magical related. Ooh. If you could change one thing in porn overnight, tomorrow is completely different. What would it be? Oh, all of our testing is paid for. That's a really good one. So like all free easy. talent testing. Yeah, just talent testing. We, we don't give TTS our money anymore. And uh, for real. Our, even if that was like something, okay, so like less magical brain, <laughs> but if it was like more, more, realistic in this lifetime, probably something that will happen that, that we'll see. At the very least, if that money that we paid to TTS like was funneled back into our community somehow, if it was like going to something that also like that we benefited from in some way, like the profits were not just going to this like weird corporation that's probably selling our information, that would be awesome. That's a um, very think, good point. Yeah. And I mean that also would be uh, solved by like universal basic health care so that would be cool. it definitely would be I 
I feel like people who aren't in this industry don't realize that our testing is like $150 a month or twice a month, depending on where Mm -hmm. you're shooting. If you're going through through COVID, you've been shooting um, like a $35 or $75 COVID test like every couple of days. Wow. And I didn't realize it was like that. But yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, I feel like companies covering your testing costs is definitely rare. It's usually the exception to the rule. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the biggest prohibitive things about being in porn is if you're shooting with companies that require talent testing, there's a part of your paycheck that's like essentially being thrown away just to get to set. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of a thing that people need to know more about porn and it's really shitty and can really be expensive and just kind of and, inconvenient. And the way that the, the barrier of entry is so low now that you could just like set up a porn account and start shooting with your neighbors, you know, anywhere in the world, basically, we need the type of like testing infrastructure that that allows for people to be like, cool, I'm in porn now. Great. This is the type of test I should go get. Awesome. Where's my clinic? Great. That's about five miles from my house. I'll make an appointment and go there tomorrow. Like it, it should be as easy as what I just did to like make a fucking Brazilian appointment. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, why is it easier for me to get my pussy wax than it is for me to like get STI tested? I really wish there was more free clinics like St. James that was included in talent testing because like I go there for all my testing for the most part. I just have like a basically a gig in LA County. That's like the only time I ever do talent (laughs) testing I feel like Mm -hmm. but like it's just like this whole thing that's so much easier that you can just go in and everyone at St. James is either like a sex worker a partner of a sex worker so it's there's no stigma there but I don't understand why the industry hasn't brought in partners like that or even like Planned Parenthood or something that they could actually be like, okay, we can work out a real testing thing. These talent testing is only in like five cities. I think there's one in Oakland, which is in a really rough part of Oakland, kind of international. Oh, really? East Oakland. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty rough area. I used to live near it. So I'm like, (laughs) definitely knew that vibe. Um, and then I don't even think there's one in SF anymore. I know there's like nope. maybe one or two in LA. There's one in Miami. And like other than that, there's and then really like not Budapest or like something. Yeah, there's one in Europe for all of Europe, which yeah, it's, feels it's, very it's ridiculous. It's, a, it's yeah, something's really got to shift if I could. And I mean, I'm not, not just hoping that we get, you know, Barbara uh, Eden showing up and Jeannie granting us uh, that wish, you know, like I, um, the reason I came down to Los Angeles was to work for the Free Speech Coalition, which manages mm-hmm. the uh, performer availability availability screening service, which was is the infrastructure that was built to allow people to um, shoot without having to give up their medical information. Because as of right now, when you're not using PASS, you're just showing somebody your test, which is like not ideal, especially since we test for HIV. Someone's HIV status is nobody's business, least of all their employers. Just going to say that. All their employers. So instead, the tests get reported to pass and pass just reveals a green check or a red X. Now I would have a red X right now, even though I'm tested because talent testing is not a part of pass anymore. (laughs) Because yeah. 
Yeah. So fixing that is a top priority, um, but because it is really important that, uh, you know, our medical information isn't just fucking floating around there, specifically HIV statuses. Yeah. Also, so. I know in Vegas, there's been like people faking tests and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there needs to be one standardized thing across the industry. That's not so cost prohibitive where, you know, there's performers who aren't going to do that for a content trade shoot because why would you spend $200? to get tested to shoot content train yeah, when it's going to exactly. be probably more than the hotel room that you guys are splitting to shoot mm -hmm. with probably more than like the videography stuff fees that you're paying like it just feels very backwards but i think that's a very very good answer and definitely not something anyone said before but like it's 100 percent needed well thank you so yes. much Susie. you are so amazing and i hope we get to work together in the future or chat together yeah. again on a future podcast but Thanks so much. You. My pleasure. And thank you for doing this. It's so important to the industry and you are just a joy. And I love the porn that you mm -hmm. make and I hope you make it forever and ever. We're going to oh, be 75 year olds in bondage. Oh, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I